the really important thing is that it's by however a, a church does it, and churches do it in different ways, what we are actually doing is saying, I'm committing myself to you. I'm committing myself to the Lord, and I'm committing myself to you. And that brings together two really important elements in the Christian life, our, our faith and trust in Christ and our life for Him, but also that we commit ourselves to all those in the fellowship to whom He has committed Himself. And so becoming a formal member of the church is very, very important. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So we have walked through First and Second Timothy, and we've walked through um, kind of some instructions for the church, and then we did our legacy series on, on, on what it means for us to leave a legacy. And, and, and as, as your pastor, I just want to say um, a resounding thank you for not only giving, but for fasting, for praying. Those things are just as important as the gift. Because those things lead us closer to the heart of the Father. And so thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for responding in that way, church. And so as we move into, over the next four weeks, we are going to do a series on membership. What does it look like to be a church member? I think oftentimes we have kind of this, this idea, and we've constructed this idea of what a church member is. And really, specifically in the Baptist church, we kind of have this idea of what a church member is, um, and most of the time it's wrong. Um, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm just, being, just being transparent with you, right? And, and so we are going to look over the, the next few weeks, we're going to look today at the importance of church membership. Uh, next week, we're going to look at the role of church membership. Um, the next week, we're going to look at... Um, uh, the uh, structure of church membership and what that looks like. And then the final week, we will look at the process of church membership. I'm um, like, man, that's a lot of church membership stuff. Yeah, it is. But we're going to walk through scripture with that. And what does it look like to be a church member? So uh, the first question we have to ask is, what is church membership? Well, I think in order to answer that over the next few weeks, we have to first say what it is not. I think because sometimes... Um, these things that I'm about to list are kind of how we define church membership, okay? So, so here's some things that it is not. Of course, this is not exhaustive. I'm sure you can think of things that church membership is not as well, but just a few of them. Church membership is not joining a church and never serving. It's not church membership. Church membership is not Sunday morning only. Not church membership. Church membership is not doing whatever you want to do. Church membership is not doing everything yourself. I have to learn that one. Church membership is not an obligation. Church membership is not just coming to gain contacts for your business. You laugh because it's true for some people. Church membership is not coming and demanding your preferences. 
Church membership is not a country club membership where you pay your dues and everybody does things for you. Those are just some things that church membership is not. That is not church membership. So, what does church membership look like from this? From God's word? Because that's really what we're concerned about. We're not concerned about how Baptists have done it or how Methodists have done it or how Presbyterians have done it or how whoever else has done it. We're concerned with What does God's word say for us concerning church membership? So our aim is simple this morning from our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's this. As members of the body, we are called to use our gifts for unity and selfless living. As members of the body, we are called to use our gifts for unity and selfless living. Point number one, church membership is biblical. Church membership is biblical, and I want you to see this. Because here's the deal. Nowhere in Scripture, okay, is, it ex- does, does church, the word church membership explicitly say. Okay, it's not explicit, but all throughout Scripture, it's implied. Okay? All throughout Scripture, church membership is implied. Okay, look, here's the deal. If we go back to the Old Testament, two months after God redeems Israel, in Numbers chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, God does what? Does anybody know? If you came on Wednesday night, you should. God does what? He... Come on, y'all get that. He counts them. He counts them. So God keeps a record of who is his. In Numbers chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and all throughout the Old Testament, God continues to count. He counts them to to distinguish specifically who are his people and who are not. So he counts them. We see that. If we jump to the New Testament, look, we've got in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, which we've walked through, there are instructions for the leaders. So the implication here is that if there's instructions for the leaders, there's people that have to be led, right? Did follow that leadership, okay? So there's that. Then we have in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, he refers to the church as a flock. Okay, so, so, so come in close, okay? A flock is a group of sheep, all right? not one sheep by themselves it's a flock okay there's a group of people gathered together that that are addressed together okay so first peter chapter 5 1 through 3 tells us that ephesians 4 25 we are members one to another that i'm accountable to you just as much as you are accountable to me we are members one to another okay Look, 1 Corinthians 5.12 tells us to purge that which is inside the church, giving us the understanding that there is explicitly something, there's a distinguishing marker of the people inside the church and the people outside the church. Okay? 
church membership is biblical look with me first corinthians chapter 12 starting in verse 12 it says this for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so it is with christ for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body jews or greeks slaves or free and all were made to drink of one spirit. We are all together. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we become part of the body of Christ. His church. We are a part of the body. That's, that's what Scripture's telling us here. Church membership is biblical. Here, I read this quote this week by Paul Alexander. Um, he's a pastor. He says this, Membership clarifies the distinction that redemption creates. Membership clarifies the distinction that redemption creates. When you come to a place in your life where you have admitted to God that you are a sinner, that you have messed up, and you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and then you confess him as the Lord of your life, the one that's going to control all things, the boss of your life, and you step into relationship with him, what happens is in that moment, this, this big term happens, right? Sanctification. In that moment, you are sanctified, and then now you are being sanctified as you live your life out, Okay? There's a big theological term, but it literally says, in this point, you are made clean before the Father. And when you step in a relationship with him then, you're redeemed. You're redeemed, okay? And, and so what he's saying here is that redemption creates and clarifies something. Church membership distinguishes it. It says you belong to this body of believers, and you will serve and love and encourage and lift up this body of believers. And so we see church membership is biblical. The second thing we see is church membership calls us to selfless living. Look in, with me in verses 14. Verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand... I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So, so we see this. Church membership calls us to selfless living. Look, he lists some, some body parts, right? The hand, the ear, the nose, the eye right they're all different parts and they all have a specific what function they all have a specific gift that they are given that they do and and one can't say to the other well i'm not an eye so you have no use of me that's not at all what's going on right 
In the same way, in this body of believers, right here, we're all gifted with different things, right? Some of you are gifted with the ability to teach. Some of you are not. Some of you are gifted with the ability to, to serve and, and serve anyone and everyone. That's just your heart. That's what God's gifted you with. Some of you are not. Some of you are gifted with so much grace that it overflows in everything you do. Some of you are not, right? Some of you are gifted with, with the gift of mercy, and some of you are not, right? That doesn't make you any less than the one that is. You are all part of the body. You were given a gift. God has uniquely designed you. And so here's the deal. When we talk about selfless living as a part of the body, we don't look at someone else and go, man, I really wish I had their gifts. No, I step into my gifts and I serve in my gifts and what God has given me and say, man, this is how God uniquely created me and this is how I'm gonna serve. And I am so thankful. I am so thankful for those that serve in their gifts as I serve in mine. We don't get jealous of so-and-so because they can do this or because they can do that. Calls us to selfless living. Well, the second thing is this, is that church membership calls us to unity. This is the third thing. Calls us to unity. Look what it says here. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker or indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts, we are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Paul's like, hey, look, all of these parts, they have a place, they have a role, and, and some of you treat other parts this way, and you treat other parts this way, but look, God has done this. God has designed them. God has arranged them. Aren't you glad God is the one that arranged them? Could you imagine, I, I, was, I was reading this week and somebody read it in one of the commentary. Could you imagine if a committee is the one that designed the body? Like we would argue where the nose went. Right? Like that's really the reality of church, isn't it? But aren't we glad that God is the one that arranged the body? God is the one that arranged the body, and God's the one that arranged each and every one of you in this moment, at this time, at Oak Grove Baptist Church. And He's given you a gift to use it and to serve His body in unity. Right? Because listen. Listen, if you get up and walk out of this room, do you leave your foot here? Oh, 
Okay, good. Y'all are here. Okay. You don't leave your foot here, right? It goes with you. You don't put your hand in the chair and be like, I'll get you later. And we go, right? No, you don't do that. So here's, here's what we do. As a body of believers, we move together. You, you often hear me tell that we are a family and we are better together because we move together, okay? We spend a month praying and fasting together. It wasn't just some off the whim, we're gonna make this decision. This is what we're doing together. The body always moves and is better together. God designed us that way. He designed us for unity. So that what, what my gifting is, is not what Terry Deaton's gifting is, is not what Logan Locke's gifting is. We're all different. We're gifted for the unity of the body. That's part of church membership, and it is beautiful. Because listen, here's the deal. If you aren't a part of the body, if you choose to kind of do whatever you want to do, which is not church membership, we learned that already, you're a toe without a body. Right? You're a sheep without protection. But you're also a stranger without a family. Church membership provides those things calls us to unity to be one together to move together and then I want you to see this last thing um, number four is church membership calls us to use the gifts the spirit has given us look with me in verse 27 now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it okay let me stop right here now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We are called to Christ individually, but we dwell with Christ corporately. Okay? We are called to Christ individually, but we dwell with Christ corporately, together. Okay? Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Verse 28. And God is appointed in the church first apostles second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. So, so Paul has, has given another list of some of the spiritual gifts. In early in verse chapter 12, he've, he's given these spiritual gifts, some spiritual gifts, and now he's listing some more. And then in chapter 13, he's going to get into how we use those gifts matters. Okay? Chapter 13 is the chapter of love right? We use our gifts as members of the body in love, okay? It, it's, it's, it, it, is, it, is, it is key that we understand that. 
Because oftentimes we want to use our gifts to, 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 to power over someone or, or dictate what something should be done. But, but yet Paul follows these, these two different sections of, of spiritual gifts to say, hey, you do this all in love. Right? Because what does he say in chapter 13? Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Read that to yourself every single morning before you interact with any human. It's just a good practice. So what do we do with these gifts? How do I know if I have a gift? Well, when you step in a relationship with Jesus, you're given the Holy Spirit, which then gives you gifts. So how do, how do I know? What do I do? And what do we do with all these lists of gifts? Look, we don't have an exhaustive list of all the spiritual gifts. And, and I know some of you are asking questions. Well, he's talking about tongues. What is going on? Look, look, he says, he says, do all, when he, when he says here, he says, administering in various kinds of tongues are all apostles, prophets, teachers. Do all work ministers? Do all possess the gift of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Let me tell you something about tongues, okay? It's biblical. End of story. It's biblical, Okay. We see it in Scripture. But nowhere, nowhere in Scripture is the gift of tongues given without the gift of interpretation. Okay? That's when it's biblical. If it's done outside of that, it's not biblical, church. Okay? I know all of you are wondering, so I just had to address it, right? So this is not an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts. So, but, but here's the deal. As a part of the body, you need to know and be aware of your giftings. Like, Brady, well, how do I know? Man, I am so glad you asked. So get out your phone right here. Everybody's got a phone. If you don't have a phone, come talk to me after service, and I will get you this test. You can scan that QR code right there, and that will lead you to a spiritual gifts test online that you can do. You can just fill out a survey. It's just questions. And at the end of that test, it's going to say, here's your top spiritual gifts. And then you go, okay, I have no idea what to do with these. And I don't even know what they mean. Great. I, come find me. Come find Ricky. Come find Clint. Come find Billy. Any of us. And we, we will walk you through that. I want you to be the member God created you to be. I want to find a place for you to serve based upon your gifts. One of the scariest things that churches can do is put a person in a place that they're not gifted to do. And it gets scary real fast. And they hate what they do. I don't ever want to do that here. I want to find where you go and put you there because then you will be a contributing member of the body as we move together. 
Look, church membership is biblical. We see it. We are all part of the body together. Let's be a part of the body and let's be contributing to the body. The importance of church membership is that it is biblical and we have to learn as a church family to abide in that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. God, I pray that um, it would just settle in our hearts about how we are using our gifts for the body, how we are using our gifts to encourage, to lift up, to build up this body of believers. Father, so that this body of believers that is part of the bigger church shines a light and points people to Jesus by leading our neighbors to know and be changed by him. Father, we love you. We're thankful for your word this morning. It's in your mighty and precious name that we pray. Amen.